Let's head over there. Our man Vince Ferrara, 99-1. The sports animal is setting up shop for Tennessee's game against Missouri, which is next up, game two on the Friday session. Vinny, how we doing? Man, good. What a what a circus. We're I was trying to get out <laughs> from the media rows on the floor level at Bridgestone and uh, they they only make you go out into one tunnel and then that happens to be the tunnel where Alabama's going out of mm-hmm. and Missouri's coming in of. We had a log jam of media waiting and it was right by the band, so sorry. Kind of nuts trying to get out of there, but uh, I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about blue. I haven't really seen any yeah, blue, heard any, like yeah. blue chairs, like well, blue tents, but I don't really see any. Their game's not until tonight, so they're, I'm they're sure. They're outside right now, they're, Vince. Right now, they are, um, <laughs> they're they're probably filling their body up with some food <laughs> and maybe some liquid. Yeah. I'm just saying. Possibly. Uh, I, no, I'm I'm kidding. Like they were there when <laughs> I got here this morning before, so they're like here for the long haul. They're like we're better than this team. We're gonna blow this team out, and you know. So yeah, no, they're here. I was just kidding. How? And by the way, uh, don't don't apologize. I have been in your predicament before many many times over the years, and it's it's a helpless <laughs> oh, feeling, right? Because you know you can't move, you can't do anything. Yeah, for um, sure. What a statement by Alabama to start off the day. Boy, just just pulling out a big – open up a big old can of whoop on Mississippi State. Yeah, it could have been worse. Honestly, it was garbage time for the entire second half. I mean, it just – they – neither team was like – they're playing like rec ball, honestly. It was – I don't know that Mississippi State was all that interested or, or maybe Alabama took away their, their hopes and dreams, but – it uh, it really was not very entertaining to, to watch uh, in the second half. So, uh, I, I you know, I, talking to some Alabama people, I think they felt like they got the reset that I wondered if they needed uh, through maybe a short stay in Nashville. So maybe they are back. I don't think you can gauge too much about today. But I'll tell you this, speaking of having to wait through the tunnel, I was at halftime, I was caught in the tunnel as well the other direction, and that Alabama was going back to the locker room, and they came walking by in front of me. Wow, are they big and long? Holy cow! It's a different perspective uh, when they're you know when they're there. And I know I've stood next to Tennessee's guys, and Tennessee has some some big boys too. But uh, they're man, they got a lot of length on that team. They're just they're just different. They're just young. Who knows what what they'll be like moving forward. When people listen to this show and they've heard me talk about that many times, I don't think they really understand until, you know, and I'm not, it's not a brag. It's just, you know, when you're fortunate enough to to be in those spots where most people can't be, Benny, mm-hmm. you're right. It is a different perspective. And, and Justin knows he's heard me talk. I've referenced the, you know, the UConn team that played Vanderbilt mm-hmm. in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, many, many years ago. And when Alabama and Syracuse were both there, by the way, uh, for that region. And I was there covering it for the radio station. And when you see, look, they, they were all impressive, but when you see UConn come out and you're sitting courtside and you look at them and you go, holy moly, they, (laughs) they just look different than I get it. It's basketball. There's tall dudes on basketball teams but it's a different perspective when you get right up next to them and then some just really stick out. Some teams stick out more than others. 
that UConn team, and I, I could go on. There's been others, but that's basically mm-hmm. what you just described of us, of what you just witnessed with the Alabama team, right? Yeah, and it's it's a safeguard for them. You know, maybe things aren't going perfectly, but sometimes you get that extra length, and it's not just height, but it's long arms, and it's the combo of them, of both of those things. And, and that can be an eraser for you sometimes, even if you have a breakdown defensively or – uh, you know, don't have a box out. Sometimes that length can overcome that, and that's kind of that's kind of Bama. You know, they there's times where they're not playing real well, especially since the Brandon Miller news. They're they're so talented. Sometimes they can overcome it. Now, is there a ceiling? Is that come to an end at some point? Maybe so, uh, because there's still the youth on this team. But it, it can certainly be a difference maker. Other shorter teams may not be able to erase some of the things that that, that team can. I realize you probably won't be able to answer this but since you were in there watching it and witnessing it uh i saw where dominic welsh went uh, senior guard for alabama had a collision and uh looked like he wasn't putting any weight at all on his right leg did they say anything about his injury no i i was i was there courtside i saw them uh help him off the court he wasn't able to put any weight on that leg so um, I, I don't know his status, but um, man, Alabama's pretty deep. It, and look, we were kind of wondering, honestly, why is Brandon Miller still in this game? You know, why why are all these guys still in this game for a good part of the second half? But um, you know, Mississippi State they get cut it to like fourteen, so they you know it's just trying to make sure he wins the game. But um, it's uh, yeah, I, I don't have a specific one, but. Uh, man, it's it's cool though. We, uh, I won't be in there, but the media will get, gets to go in the locker room. So there's another intrigue with Alabama. If people have asked, so what what is Alabama doing with Brandon Miller? You know what he's going to get asked about. Every player is required to talk to the media. Here's the here's where, where I'm guessing the way they're going to do it. I'm talking to you guys, so I don't know how they're doing it. But two players go with a coach in the mm-hmm. press conference. Yep. And then the locker room is open for everybody else. I'm going to guarantee, pretty much guarantee that Brandon Miller is going to be up there with Nate Oates. And then those guys are excluded from the locker room. And then that way they can kind of control the questioning in the press conference versus free-for-all uh, in the uh, in the locker room. And it was very loose for Tennessee last night, as you can imagine, and probably everybody else. But that's a little bit different dynamic they're having to manage uh, here at the tournament. Um, middle. Came roaring back, but fell short to the one seed Florida Atlantic. Man, sixty-eight, sixty-five. Had two chances. They did. Just could not get it done. Um, Sorry, Vince. Just did. watching a couple things that, here in the studio. There. That helps Vandy though, right? Because it's not a steel bid, right? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a semifinal, <laughs> semifinal game. So yeah, I mean, right. I guess so. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Um, Tennessee trying to get revenge here soon uh we all remember the missouri game in knoxville the the buzzer beater Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts your early thoughts as we get ready to tip here in about 20 minutes or so tennessee and missouri two things and talking to players and coaches and then obviously watching that game and and missouri and tennessee since then it's about two things three-point shooting and turnovers and I know that sounds simplistic, but Missouri made 18 three-pointers at Thompson Bowling Arena. And when they shoot the three ball well, I think it's over 35%, they win almost every time. When they shoot below 35%, which is usually well under, they lose. And when you look at the games they've lost, they've all been 
62, 59, 64, 67. Uh, Tennessee's got to keep this game in the 60s. Missouri has not lost a high-scoring game this year. They haven't lost a game where they've scored in the 70s. And they average 80 points per game. And a lot of it is because they turn teams over a lot. So there's point number two with the turnovers. Tennessee cannot give up those turnovers. Tennessee had 14 last night. It was one of the things they were harping on afterwards, despite the win. we got to cut those down because they know that Missouri not only gets a lot of turnovers, they're one of the best in the country at it, but they turn those into points and easy points. That's how they can, they can score. And so that, that, those two things are critical for Tennessee and take care of the ball on offense. And then you got to defend the three point line smartly. Look, Missouri, some of those threes they made were kind of ridiculous. Uh, they were, uh, I don't want to say lucky shots, but they were contested shots where they were just feeling in and hot. Uh, Tennessee's, it, you're going to give up some of those, but they can't give up the easy looks in addition to that. Um, it's a different dynamic being in a big arena versus a uh, a conference opponent's home court. So it, it starts with those two things. And then another thing for the postseason that could probably apply here is they need something inside. They need scoring inside. And Olivia Kumwa is the guy that can bring it to them. He had nine points last night, and, and it was impressive. He had four assists. So he was distributing from inside. Uh, they they have to have somebody contribute offensively. And then, really, without Zakai Ziegler, they don't have somebody to drive in the lane. Ziegler was by far their, their best and most frequent penetrator. Some of the guys, when they do dribble in a little bit to drive, they, don't, they never go all the way to the basket. And Tennessee has to show that threat to loosen things up for their perimeter shooters. And, look, they made their fair share of threes yesterday, but – that's all Miss. Missouri is going to be better uh, in in that area, and then they're going to extend the defense, which is what they did against Tennessee. So uh, the re- the way you do it is to make teams pay inside and be a threat in the paint, and then kick it out and make some of those threes. We'll we'll see how it plays out, but those are a couple of important things for Tennessee. Vince, what's on the line here for Tennessee? When I say that, I don't mean obviously moving on to the next round in the SEC tournament. I'm really talking about the NCAA tournament for them. Uh, If it all comes to an end today, are they a a four seed? Or if they win this game, do they move up to a three seed? Like, where do you see that in your mind? You know, it's interesting because I've kind of thought of them, like, after this tournament is over. And, you know, going in, I probably – I thought they'd win the first game, maybe lose the second game. Or even if you win two and lose one – uh, I mean, uh, yeah, win two and lose one kind of shakes out even. I kind of thought they'd be, you know, a four. But Joe Lenardi has held them strong in the three line, even mm. with the late season loss to Auburn. Uh, last night really shouldn't have moved the needle at all, beating Ole Miss. And, and then today, Missouri's a tournament team, but I, I don't know that they get a massive bump on that. But he's he's got them not only – on the three line, but going to the closest possible regional in Greensboro when there's plenty of teams in the Southeast that can send there. So I, I may, maybe they're valued. They're, the computers like them because of the great wins they have. We've kind of seen some of their flaws, but if, if they're going off of the computers and he's projecting what the, the committee will do and utilizing some of those numbers, then maybe they are a three. 
I tell you what, there's there's an opportunity if they were to win today, even if this doesn't move the needle, you have a chance to do it again tomorrow against Alabama. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, could that get them beating Alabama twice? Could that get them to the two line? Um, possibly. It might depend on what everybody else does. It seems a little ambitious, but it'd probably lock them into a three. Um, but somewhere on that three and four, and, and look, just the way it happens, you guys know this, to make the geography work, sometimes yeah. they're going to move a team up or down a line just to kind of make the puzzle pieces fit. Yeah, yeah, that that does happen. Unfortunately, it messes with their with their matchup many times right. as well with the geography. Uh, you you are a unique person to answer this question, sir, uh, because you have been to a lot of these uh, these tournaments over the years. How is Nashville as a as a host city, we know the the SEC is going to be here for the foreseeable future. It seems like they like it as a fit. Why is this a good fit with the venue and the and the other stuff versus some of the other cities, Atlanta and Tampa? They were also trying to get this. It's great. It, it, it's got it checks all the boxes, right? It's got the facility. It's got the geography. It's got the uh, the draw of the city with plenty of things to do outside of the actual event. And so now you can get people going to your event and also get people to stay extended periods of time, which certainly benefits uh, everybody in, uh, in Nashville. Uh, and, and the league looks good. I, I think uh, it's complete. Nashville is complete for all sports venues. You're seeing, you're going to see more and more events here. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I guess they, they could change a rotation when Oklahoma and Texas are officially in. And I think they're talking about maybe move, mix, sort of working in Dallas uh, maybe another West spot or two more. That would be the only one that would make sense to me. But uh, maybe it won't be in the rotation quite as often if they redo the schedule of who's hosting championships. And maybe they spread out the the SEC media days more. I mean, we saw it in in, uh, in Nashville, and maybe they they do a lot of different things and open it up into rotation. But Nashville will be in the mix for anything the SEC does, in my opinion, moving forward. I, I had an SEC official tell me years ago, off the record, he didn't want to be named, but he says, you know, truthfully, he said they would prefer as a league the SEC as a conference to be in Tampa because they have a theme park. There's more golf. But he says the fans overwhelmingly pick Nashville because of one thing, one thing only events. He said walkability. You could walk right. out of the arena, walk to your hotel, walk to the restaurants versus you really can't do that, especially in Atlanta. And, you know, they said it became harder to do that at some of the other venues. Uh, yeah, and that's a good point. I'll tell you what has been an issue for the league in Nashville. I think why it took them so long to get media days uh, in Nashville, and it's something that I'm sure impacts the, the regular fan that would, wants to go to these events, is the pricing. Hmm. And so the SEC, it, it took them a while before they could, they could negotiate to get those media rates down to where they could do it, to where the media would afford to do it, because you don't want to hold an, a media event and then outprice your media. So they, they were trying to – and look, yeah, we all know what those real. rates are yeah. in, uh, with the hotels and stuff. So um, I'm sure it is incredibly expensive for, for fans. And then you don't want to price your fans out. But 
man, the attendance here has been ridiculous. The you got all the fan bases are represented, and uh, that that's going to be a, a tougher argument against Nashville when people are still coming out to support this event. What's your gut feeling? You think Tennessee gets it done? You know, I, I don't know if I would put it in the gut feeling category <laughs> because I don't have a, that strong of a conviction on it. I mean, I said I filled it on the morning show, and uh, I I said Tennessee, we saw them play well last night, but, man, it's a toss-up with this team. I, I think just like Alabama would probably make adjustments to Tennessee's physicality if they meet again and probably have more success, I think Tennessee will have adjustments to what Missouri had success with the first time at Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, I, I don't know that you're beating this team um, twice when you're Missouri because I don't know that Missouri is on that level. Now, I know Kentucky did it, uh, but I, I, think, I think this team is, still has plenty of really good players, and you know, the way Tennessee is – the way they're able to – uh, to uh, have some have toughness, but if the game is officiated uh, loosely, um, I, I think it's the Tennessee's advantage. And Missouri's played great, and they they still are very uh, an excellent team. But I just I mean I don't know about gut, hunch, guess, flip of a coin. I mean it's something in that category, I guess. And go to Tennessee, but not like I said, not I'm not I'm not running to in my local uh, or any. Uh, wagering outlet to uh, to back that up. Missouri has uh, hit the floor. Tennessee is coming out of the locker room and heading down the tunnel now. So should be a good one, Vinny. Appreciate the visit as always, and uh, we'll certainly talk to you on the show on Monday. Yeah, looking forward to these games are coming fast and furious. furious. Uh, we had so many interviews in the locker room yesterday. It's like, all right, outdated now because here we are playing again. But <laughs> yep. doing yeah. our best. But good to talk to you guys. I appreciate you. All right, Thanks, that man. is Vince Ferrara, 99-1, the sports animal.